Hi, welcome to this Property Life podcast. I'm James D'Souza. I'm a property investor and trainer. Each week on this podcast, we'll be speaking to a very special guest about their adventures in property. This week, I'm talking to Lewis Crompton. Lewis started his wealth creation journey six years ago by learning to trade the financial markets. After seven months, he was able to step away from his job to trade full time. Lewis had always networked with property investors and wanted to invest some of his trading profits into the tangible asset of bricks and mortar and now has a healthy property portfolio. He also trains and coaches new traders on how to trade the market with a strategy through his business, Start Trading. I'm sure you'll love this episode. Let's hear from Lewis now. Hello, everyone. I'm really honored to have Lewis with me here today, uh, Lewis Crompton. Uh, hi, Lewis. Hello there, James. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. And before we get started, I'm going to say happy birthday, because on the day of recording, this is Lewis's birthday. He's very kindly taken time out of his birthday uh, to do our podcast episode. So thank you very much for your time. Absolute pleasure. Um, right. So, Lewis, uh, we've known each other for quite a few years now. We kind of uh, bumped into each other on the property circuit. And uh, Lewis is a little bit different, I guess, to our other property investors in a nice way. Uh, <laughs> but he's got um, kind of focus isn't necessarily primarily property. So I thought it'd be really interesting um, to, to get him on and to, for Lewis to tell you his story, a bit about his journey and how he sees property as part of his overall wealth portfolio. Um, so Lewis, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yep, sure. So my name is Lewis. As of today, I am 32 years old, young rather. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm a, I am a property investor. I've been investing now in property for over five years, but that's not actually where my investment journey started. So my investment journey started about eight years ago, just under eight years ago, when I found myself in a seminar room for, um, uh, uh, which I thought I signed up for a property investment seminar. It wasn't a property investment seminar I signed up for. It was about Forex trading. So a twist of fate the stars aligned the universe was guiding me whatever it was I decided just to go with it I was there for the the session so I just went into the one that I accidentally signed up for which was forex um absolutely loved what I heard it was going to give me the lifestyle I wanted or so I thought um in terms of being able to travel the world and make income anywhere which is really the same reason why I was interested in property um but yeah I started learning to trade forex left my job after seven months I was working retail and worked my way up from retail shop floor to head offices it left that job after seven months started traveling and trading the world um trading the world trading and traveling the world rather um it's still very early and the um, um, uh, yeah, it was it was an incredible lifestyle, absolutely incredible. Um, and then I started to take some of that money that I was making from trading and wanted to invest it in longer term assets. So the thing with Forex is it's incredible for, for cash flow and the way I do it is very safe. But what am I going to do with that cash flow? I don't just want to piss up a wall, for lack of a better expression. I wanted to invest it into something else. And for me, property was the, 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 the best option I could see. Um, so that's when I decided to get involved with property. So you all kind of got it's a I guess it's a dual dual strategy, create income from trading and then invest that into property. Yeah. So we'll start with trading because it's not something that we kind of necessarily cover at Property Wealth System, but it's something that, you know, we always say you need to try and be making money and, uh, you know, make your money work for you. And you can do that through the stock market. You can do that through businesses or you can do that through property. And you've chosen to do that effectively through the stock market. So do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about what you trade, how you trade? What does that look like on a day to day basis for you? 
Yeah, so I, I often talk about Forex because people seem to understand that more. Um, but really what I trade is Forex, I trade stocks, I trade shares, I trade indexes, which are collections of companies like a sector or something like that. Um, so like the FTSE, the Dow Jones, the DAX, if you if you trade German markets, um, and commodities, so like gold, silver, and oil. And the way in which I trade is, um, and people do call me a full-time trader, but it's such a, a misleading term because I only trade for 30 minutes a day. So that's that's all I have to do. So I'm what's called a swing trader, which is a medium term style of trader. So you're you're in a trade, you're in an investment position for a few days to a few weeks, um, risking really low amounts. And what I do is I trade for, like I said, less than 30 minutes a day, looking for patterns that repeat themselves, looking for those cycles that repeat themselves and capitalizing on that in order to um trade successfully, trade profitably and trade safely. Um, and I think people people often think that um, the, the stereotypical view of a trader is that they're constantly sat at their screens, like having to look at it, having to do that. And there is that style of trading. You can do that. But most people, especially other investors who are in property or in business or even just working a full time job, um, they don't have the time to do that, nor do they have the personality to do that. Mm. So when I first left my job, I left it as a swing trader. And then because I had the time, I was like, right, I'm going to do day trading now. I can make more money. I can do this. I can do that. So, so day trading is a little bit more intense. Is that right? Yeah. So day trading is more intense. A little bit more. Yeah, frequently. exactly. Yeah. So you need to you need to be way more on it in terms of being aware and observant of your charts. So you do need to be kind of sat there for a longer period of time in general uh, when it comes to day trading. So I tried that was a success at it but just didn't fit my personality type i didn't like sitting in my screen for four hours plus a day i needed to get out there and do more things and again that's kind of where property came in because i did have this spare time and i had this capital and i wanted to do something with it and that's where i got involved with property and i was always of the opinion that if you wanted to be a trader you had to be really good with numbers you had to be super analytical um you know really understand absolutely everything there is to know about the markets before you get involved in and actually start live trading. Would you say that that is the case? Uh, definitely not, if I'm an example to, to go by. <laughs> uh, I was in the special class for maths at school, um, so I wasn't particularly smart in terms of numbers. I still struggle running my property numbers correctly, um, probably evidenced by the fact I lost money on a flip deal last year. I mean, I'm going to blame COVID for that rather than my own yeah. math skills. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's, um, uh, there was yeah, loads of stuff in that <laughs> as to why my own lack of uh, management on that resulted in that. Um, but yeah, you don't have to be super analytical um sometimes actually being analytical can be a limitation for you being a successful trader and all the personality types when it comes to trading do have their strengths do have their weaknesses what you need to know though is what they are and if you know what your weaknesses are you can counter them with particular systems and particular strategies and i mean i i i do teach now how to trade forex people I'm a, I'm a forex coach as well well financial markets coach um and that's what i do is i help people identify what their weaknesses are and then we create systems to make sure that they can get around them and actually be placing good trades safe trades and the right amount of trades as well and one of the things when i was kind of you know first interested in in uh, forex and trading the fact that the word strategy kept popping up and i thought this is a property word why why is it being uh, you know used on on a forex uh, training course and it's there's a massive um you know kind of similarity in the fact that you don't with property you don't just go out and you start buying properties and with trading you don't go out and just start pressing buy and sell on, yeah. on random things so you need to have a, a a strategy so um 
being a trader and a property investor, would you say that the kind of that strategy element is absolutely critical at the beginning of your journey for each of those investments? I would say at the beginning, in the middle, and all throughout your your journey, yeah, definitely. Um, without strategy, you're just kind of having a bit of a punt and a bit of a guess. Um, and particularly, well, even in property, that without the strategy, you're definitely falling into the category and realms of gambling um, because you don't really know what's going to happen. You, you can't, I mean, not that we can always predict 100% what it is that's going to happen, but you can gather a lot more control and awareness as to what is most likely going to happen and that's why with with trading as well there's no such thing as a strategy which works 100% of the time it just doesn't happen um so if you're if you're winning 60 to 70% of the time that's really really good and actually you can make a lot of profit that way but yeah you have to have a strategy i think it's the same in business to be honest i think it's the same in anything i mean strategy really is um uh, if you break it down as to what a strategy is, it's a, a set of guiding principles that you use to make decisions. So I kind of th see that in the whole of life, really, like in in relationships, in business, in, in family stuff, whatever it is, you have to have a certain level of intentionality if you want something to improve and you want something to go well. Um, yeah, so I 100% I see strategy as being the predominantly defining factor in someone being successful at something or not being. And then I suppose discipline to actually follow that strategy as well is a big Stick one too. To it and you kind of think, oh, yeah. this, this nearly works, but it doesn't quite meet the rules. I'm going to do it anyway. So it's that yeah. kind of internal discipline yeah. to actually stick to that strategy and make sure that you kind of, you don't get that shiny penny syndrome, I guess. Yeah, completely. Um, and with trading, you kind of mentioned there that kind of a win rate of like 60 to 70% is quite good. What, you know mindset wise mentality wise is it is it quite hard to kind of go into trading knowing that you're gonna you're gonna be losing money as well it's it's incredibly difficult i think for a lot of people i mean obviously some people are naturally more comfortable with that but it's not something that you can't through practice build up that that i suppose it's a tolerance really um because you you're so conditioned in life to have to win 100 percent of the time otherwise you are a failure um i've got some strategies um which i trade which actually only win about 40 percent of the time so i'm technically losing the, in terms of the number of trades, I'm losing more trades than I'm winning. But because of the profit that those winning trades have, I'm actually in a profitable position over a given period of time because of how that strategy works. So you, your your profit will be more than the loss on any given trade. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the uh, there's a couple of foundations in trading. One of them is um, risk to reward. Um, so how much you risking versus how much you stand to make back as a reward. And I always say to to my students like the minimum you should be going for is a one for one, which if, you, if you're risking £100 and you stand to make back £100, if you win 50% of the time, you're at break even. So you only have to win 50% of the time. Um, whereas if you have a two for one risk reward, meaning you could win 200, but you're only risking 100, you can actually lose more trades than you win and still end up being in a profitable position because those winners are worth more. Did you apply those risk reward principles to your property investing do you did you take when you started investing in property did you take a lot of these trading principles and apply that to the portfolio because you know it, it's at the end of the day trading is making money property is about trying to make money as well so yeah were you applying lots of those principles from the one business that you've got to another one um i definitely did um not necessarily in terms of ratios when it comes to yeah. risk reward but definitely asking the question 
is the potential reward on this worth the risk? And for me, property, um, just because of the way that I do it, is more of a long-term game. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of happier with lower percentages for, for safer investments, if that makes yeah. sense. So I'm, and I've tried higher risk strategies in property and it just never, never feels comfortable and just creates far too much stress for me, especially because I do have other stuff going on. So that's why for me, I've, I've tried those higher risk strategies. And even when they have paid off, I just have not enjoyed the process whatsoever. So I would much rather stick to buy-to-lets and I'd much rather stick to social housing as a strategy now. That's kind of where my the, go-to the is. paper income, the set and forget type property. The set and forget, yeah. I love a set and forget. Um, and for me, I don't I'm not, I don't want to touch any income from my property portfolio until I'm about 60 years old um, where everything is, yeah, hunky-dory, good to go. We've got a very healthy portfolio that cash flows every single month and I can enjoy my retirement if I ever retire because I, I love what I do <laughs> and that's interesting because you know a lot of our students are looking at property as the vehicle to to get them to financial uh, security so that they don't yeah. have to work so kind of using that income but I guess you're using your trading income to live off because you're yeah. full-time as you said you, you quit your job after what seven months was it six months yeah six seven months, months yeah um so I guess trading to start with gave you your passive like that was your that was your lifestyle income and then yeah. the surplus profits are now just being directed to property and the surplus profits and property are just being, are they being directed back into trading? Are they being directed back into property, other businesses? Yeah, back into property. Yeah. Um, and, I've, and I've used angel investors in the past, so I still pay them back their 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 monthly interest and all of that stuff too. It's it's a whole ecosystem. Um, but it, and it, it is interesting because in that, in that seven months of learning to trade, left my job and was technically financially free from trading. Um, property after about two years, I was technically financially free as well. Um, but so it's not that I'm not at the point where I could actually just live off of my property portfolio. It's just, I want it to keep growing. So I, I just don't see it as the thing I'm living off of, even, even though I could do if I, if I chose to. So yeah. It's a really nice position, kind of that safety, the security, the multiple streams of income, which is what we talk about all the time. Um, yeah. And you've just gone and put that into practice and you've, you've kind of ticked the boxes. So if yeah. trading didn't work for whatever reason, you've got the property to fall back on. If the property didn't work, you've still got the trading. Exactly. And if I had a bad month trading for whatever reason, I mean, the reality is some months you might just end up break even because mm -hmm. that's just what the market is offering in terms of returns that month. Um, then so be it. It doesn't matter. I don't need to rely on it. And again, because I've got my own business, which also teaches people how to do this, I've mm -hmm. got that income too. But if that fell off a cliff for whatever reason, then it, it doesn't matter. I'm covered in the other bases. I, I'm, I, I was having a, a thinking about the fact it's my birthday. I was like, what would, what would 18 year old me think about where I am right now? Um, would I believe it? Because I'm in one sense, I'm not happy with where I am right now because I've got places I want to go and, and, and grow into financially and everything like that. But 18 year old me would be absolutely astounded and, and quite shocked that I'm where I'm at as well. And it just comes from learning, getting around the right people and taking a chance and doing it. Um, and it's not perfect. No, no one has had the perfect journey. I mean, I've had, yeah, I've had, I've had difficulty along the way for sure, but it is worth it by the end of it. Ups, ups and downs along the way, but the overall, yeah. the overall journey is an uptrend. Exactly. The overall journey is an uptrend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trending up. So I get my ups, <laughs> I get my downs, but we keep on going up. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I get a big down, but it, it keeps going up in the end. <laughs> and oh, what was I going to say? I've forgotten now. It was uh, something to do with ah, So talking about your kind of when you're, you're coaching people and, and about the goals and how you're astounded, how far you've come. Do you find that when you're coaching people and you, you're getting them to set their goals, um, people really struggle with kind of looking at, you know, you said 
18 to, to 32, that's what a 14-year goal, uh, well, 14 years in, in progress. If you ask somebody to set themselves a 14-year uh, goal, do you think they would struggle to kind of gauge where they'd be at over that time frame? Oh, um, 100%. And I think it either goes one of two ways. They either way under pitch where they could be or they way over pitch and they're quite unrealistic. Um, I mean, I'm a bit of a funny one because I'm not really massively into loads of personal development. I think a load of it is a load of naff and crap. Um, but when it comes to goal setting, I'm a big believer in kind of setting a goal um, or rather thinking about what you want your life to look like um, and how you want it to be, what you need financially to make that happen, what you actually, how you actually want that to be created financially, mm -hmm. um, and then creating systems and habits and processes which would allow you to have that by that point, um, and then forgetting the goal, and then turning the goal Running into like a vision being, board mentality rather than kind of individual goals. Um, yes and no. I think I think I just I I think you need to have a vision as to where you want to go. So there's a, that's a goal. But then I think you kind of for me anyway. I kind of need to forget about that because it can feel like pressure when I don't feel like I'm near it. So what I I make the goal at that point is to focus on daily doing those things which would actually create that. So if I get to the end of a, a month and I don't feel like I've made any progress towards that goal, but I have done the habits and the routines and the rituals, which should lead me to that, then I can still say, right, I've actually had a really good month here. You've done the action because yeah. not everything, like like with property, for example, you might say, right, I'm going to buy a property this month. And you do everything that you go, you know, you go and do your viewings, you make, you know, three or four trips, to your investment area, you go and view eight properties a day when you're up there. But just because an offer hasn't been accepted, it doesn't mean you failed. Exactly, exactly. And it is just a numbers game. So you just have to keep going, mm. um, which can feel quite demoralizing. But I've been thinking about this a lot recently, like success is actually pretty boring. So the, the process of success is really boring. It comes down to discipline and just following what you know you need to do. And that's why I think a lot of people aren't successful when they say they want to be because they can't put up with the monotony of just having to do the same things which actually lead to that success. Now, the fruits of success aren't necessarily boring, but the process to it is often quite mundane. <laughs> and OK, so so looking at sort of you morphing from trading to property now um what did that feel like what did that you know how did that come about what was your what were your kind of emotions as you were going through that very first property deal uh very first property deal i think i was more more excited um super excited more so than i was scared um uh it was a it was, it was quite low risk it was quite a, a cheap property up in middlesbrough um which, by the way, don't be lured in by just cheap properties. There's other problems that come along with that, which I've discovered along the way as well. Um, uh, but yeah, so I was I was just really excited. Um, I wanted to invest in property I had done for a very very long time, um, and then so I might sneeze. A sec. <laughs> Bless you. We'll edit that bit out. Cool. Um, so I'll start the I'll I'll start answering that question again, so you can just start from whatever from that point. So. Okay, um, so yeah. So going from how did you feel going into your very first property investment deal? Um, nervous, scared, excited, a mixture of everything. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely a mixture of everything. But I think the predominant thing for me was just excitement. Um, I didn't really have the thought of what if this doesn't work out? So I wasn't really that scared. I just was blind belief, if anything, that this was going to be fantastic and wonderful and I was going to get there and it was all going to be fantastic. It was going to be tenanted in 
in two days of it being on the market or whatever. And to be fair, it wasn't actually far off of that. Um, uh, I was I was very happy with that um, property as a first property. I think from memory, because I've sold it now, in on memory, it was uh, turning on, I think, 34% ROI, mm-hmm. which is pretty pretty good. pretty good yeah really happy with that um and uh yeah I was, I was i was incredibly happy with with the process of it but i think as as my portfolio grew as did my my anxiety my fear my worry about what does all this mean um and is this all going to keep going as well as it is going uh and i started bringing in other investors then i had the the the, for me the stress of making sure that their money was working properly and and i was able to pay them back and all of that sort of stuff so i think that's where that's how i grew my portfolio quite quickly is by bringing other investors in Um, very first one was that just your own funds the your own profits from trading that you put into properties and no kind of external funds to get going so I uh, so I used I used some angel finance, but predominantly it was my finance, yeah, um, uh, because I didn't want to completely rinse my trading account because that was my my income stream. Um, but yeah, um, but again, it was because it, I I found that investor because they actually wanted to give me money to invest in in trading, um, but I wasn't comfortable doing that because it's not backed against an asset. Whereas with property, at least it's backed against an asset. So I was like, look, you you've seen what I've done here. This is what I'm about to do. I'm going to do that would well you, as well. Yeah, would, would you, you like, like to invest? invest? In that? Yeah. And so that was basically the conversation. So I, I flipped them from wanting to give me money for Forex stuff to, to property stuff, which worked really well. And you mentioned that your first investment property was up in Middlesbrough. I know you live down in the south. Yeah. Um, how did you find that investing kind of what was that about five hour drive away from where you live? It's about a five hour drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty killer. I mean, I use a sourcing agent. Um, uh, because I again I was busy I didn't want to be the one looking for properties and everything like that um, uh, which is in one sense is a bit of an error I wish I'd kind of done that a bit at least first um, and being so far away you have to you have to trust people a lot and I think sometimes people take advantage of that trust or can do mm-hmm. so I, I if I was to redo it again I would be a bit more hands-on I'd probably choose a different area closer to home as well um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I get at the same point, I don't regret it. My whole portfolio cash flows and is currently fully tenanted. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you find, did your sourcing agent allow you to kind of tap into their refurb team, their letting agent and all that kind of thing as well? Because obviously I'm guessing you don't have any local contacts in Middlesbrough. No, I mean, I do now after you five now, years, yeah. you would hope so. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they did, they did, um, connect me with all of those, those parts of the power team that I needed. So, yeah. And so strategy wise up there, buy to let I'm guessing was kind of where you, what you began with. Yeah. So I started with, um, buy to lets, um, as in rundown buy to lets, mm-hmm. refurb them, then tenant them out. Um, so yeah, I started with buy to lets, then I did some multi lets, then I did some, um, house to flat conversions. Um, and then I went on to social housing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting about the house to flat conversions. How did you, how did you find that? Were they, cause they, I know they, can be a bit more work because we're potentially, you know, we're, we're needing to get the council involved in terms of planning permission. Um, yeah. What were your, and that's, you know, we kind of, we refer to it as our wealth uh, triangle. So that's kind of a bit higher up a conversion. How did you find working your way up from kind of buy to lets to multi lets, unlicensed HMOs up to the kind of the bigger 
the bigger deals, the, the deals where there could be more problems involved. Yeah. Oh, and there definitely was. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, I mean, I, I have this general trait where I'm like, I say yes and I figure it out after, um, uh, which it creates a lot of stress in a lot of situations, but it means I do progress. So I, I, I don't hate that about myself. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that um, it didn't go particularly well although it's it's a fine property um both the flats are i actually took the flats and put them into social housing contracts so they they cash flow wonderfully um but i i i learned a lot of lessons and a lot of my lessons have been learned the hard way um even though i had some some mentorship i didn't necessarily ask the right questions or get the mentorship when i should have done so i should have actually used that mentorship properly um uh which is completely all down to me rather than than the mentor um and uh the 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 process was interesting um i again because i was far away i had to rely on my build team to kind of do all the things that they should do um and because i'd never done it before I didn't really know how much things would cost or should cost. So I definitely overpaid for a fair few things, which partly happens because I'm not there. Um, so again, for me, it was a lesson of be more hands-on. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Stop trying to just be Billy Big Bollocks and just do what you know already works and keep doing that. Okay, I mean, in, not estimates. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, rule number one. <laughs> um, so the, the whole the whole the all of my property journey has just told me i i prefer the simple stuff basically um but so you, you said it didn't go that well but it still cash flowed really well for you so was it was it the kind of the process of getting to the point where it was cash flow gave you more headache than you would have liked as opposed oh, to this was a financial disaster and i lost loads of money um well yeah uh, that, you, so if i was to sell it today i'd probably still lose a bit of money okay. technically because i overspent so much yeah um but I'm not losing money because I'm not crystallizing that loss by selling mm -hmm. the property and it does cash flow me very healthily. So yes, it was, it was a miss in, in the short term, it wasn't a great process in the long term. I'm still completely fine and happy if that makes sense. And because you're viewing property as a long-term strategy, then it's, it's not essential for you to kind of go, I need to get every single penny back out of a deal in yeah. two years investing. Yeah. And when something goes wrong in, in a property or whatever in the in the build phase, I would always calculate it by, well, that's another month to to before I get my money back. Yeah. Well, that's another two months. And then you get to the point where like, ah, what's another month? What's it, another it, month? Yeah, it affects your ROI. And especially if you're not even taking it out, you're just like, well, that's just going to be recycled and, and used to buy more property. So it's not it's, yeah. it, it's not essential that I get every single penny back in a yeah. two year period or a three year period exactly exactly and so having that view means i'm more likely to win in property which mm -hmm. i quite like so it, it all boils down to mindset approach and and vision really yeah completely completely what so you said moving forwards now you like the simple stuff uh more of the buy to lets more of the social housing style deals for you yes completely completely um and also, I mean, this may go against general investing principles, but anything I buy on a mortgage, I'm putting onto capital repayment as well, just because I like lower risk. I like if I put something onto a 25, what am I, 32 now? So if I put stuff onto a 25-year repayment, I can still be making cash flow, yeah. which I can reinvest. But I'm also, by the time I get to 60, going to have a cash portfolio. Unencumbered portfolio. And in, a lot of our students are kind of, debt averse to debt i'd say 
and want to get those mortgages paid down, but you say, you know, it still cash flows even though you're paying down the debt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If, if you buy correctly. And again, yeah. it's part of my strategy process to make sure that I can, can do that. I mean, I'm actually technically meant to complete on a property today, which, um, uh, I'll be paying down the capital, um, although it's with Paragon, so 100% it'll be delayed. Um, <laughs> so I'll be paying down the capital, um, but even with the cash flow on it, which is on a, a, a contract for guaranteed rent, um, we'll be turning on 6% ROI with capital repayment. So it's actually technically higher than that because I'm so buying back capital each month. Yeah. And so I'm happy to take that lower percent because of the lower risk and the guarantee and all of that sort of stuff. And it's kind of horses of courses because you've got the income coming in from property uh, from trading you're kind of like well i don't need all that from, uh, from property and i can adjust my strategy because i've got multiple exactly. streams of income exactly and if property was my only thing um and like when i when i first started with property i'd put stuff onto to interest only because that i needed the cash flow for other things yeah. but now i don't need the cash flow for other things i may as well I see it as a bit of a savings account. Instead of putting money into my savings account, I'm putting it into bricks and mortar, which, yes, is less liquid, but it's lower risk. And it's got more scope for growth than the 0.1% you get in the bank. A hundred percent, yeah. yeah. Uh, and let's talk about your trading uh, coaching business because that's something that is relatively, you know, that was kind of, was that born out of lockdown? Was that something that was in the pipeline for you pre-lockdown? Yeah, so it's been in the pipeline for a long time. So um, I don't know if you've heard of um, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Education. So um, that was a seminar I first started on, and they were the guys who taught me how to um, trade Forex stuff, basically. Um, and I ended up teaching for them um, internationally and, and coaching on Forex stuff and things like that. But I got to the point where and maybe it's a growth thing, maybe it's, it becomes a value thing, I'm not sure. But I, I just I wanted to do my own thing um, and help people kind of on my terms. Um so I've been kind of developing this thing, thinking about how to do it for about two years. And it just happened to, that I launched it like just before lockdown started. So it wasn't technically born out of lockdown or a lockdown project. It just was random coincidence that it, it happened at the same time. Um, but yeah, it has been, it's been absolutely phenomenal. And I've, I just, re I really, my primary focus is helping people. That's all I want to do with my life is improve people's lives in, in a positive way. Um, and trading is just one way in which I do that. So yeah, students making five percent ten percent twelve percent per month um from their trading is absolutely phenomenal um, and, do, and you take, do you take people that have already got trading experience you take complete newbies what's your you know what's your ideal client i guess yeah um my ideal client are people who realize that any form of investment is not get rich quick mm -hmm. <laughs> um they're willing to invest in themselves um uh they're happy to be consistent for me my ideal client i mean i have a i actually do have a lot of property investors who are part of my 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 um my student populace base, whatever you want to call it, um, or uh, business owners. So they're busy people who just want to have an additional stream of income um, uh, and start building those multiple multiple streams of income like we always talk about. Um, and yeah, they th that's kind of my ideal client. People who know it's not get rich quick, want an additional income stream. They only want to do this for about 30 minutes a day, um, no more than that. And that's kind of the skill set that I teach, whether they've had trading experience. I mean, one of my guys, a guy called Dan, he'd tried trading before, had relative amount of experience, um, but just couldn't make a success of it. Came through my process and then now is absolutely smashing it consistently making over five percent per month and has done for over six months now so yeah it's it and it maybe it's frustrating when they outperform me but it's not <laughs> i actually i love it i do love that they outperform me 
it's just kind of it goes to show that the system works and, and what you're teaching works and it's about how well I guess you actually apply that knowledge as to the level of results you're going to get completely and I, I always say I mean it's the same with property isn't it you mm. can lead a horse to water you can't make it drink and so you can give someone the entire world of information that they need show them the systems and the processes and all of it but if they don't do it the way they're meant to do it and they've been told to do it they're not necessarily going to make it success so yeah yeah it's just one of those and how do you find kind of balancing your time across trading property and teaching people how to trade as well yeah i mean I, again because my own trading only takes me 30 minutes maximum a day i have a lot of time um property used to take a lot more of my time but now i've kind of scaled back in terms of the complexity of what i'm doing i mean i used to have three different property investment companies i've brought it all into one company now so again I've, i'm simplifying i'm taking that time and, and stress level out of the equation as much as possible um particularly with the type of property that i invest in now i have a lot more time to focus on my students um uh, and creating um, better learning processes for them and, and strategies for them as well. Um, uh, and then all the other fun and wacky and crazy stuff that I do on top of that too. So, yeah. So with the with the coaching, so if you were taking a complete newbie, never sort of had come across trading before, um, what would their kind of journey with you, I guess, look like? So, Yeah, so uh, their journey with me would look like... Um, Probably starting off by reading my ebook. So I've got a free ebook, um, and I always push people to that because if you know nothing about trading, you could get lost online in like these weird forums and YouTube videos. Which you just—it's not that there's necessarily bad info. Well, it's, a lot of it is bad. There's also some really good stuff, but you don't know at this stage you of your know journey what's good, and what's, bad. what's good and what's bad. So I always say go to something which is tried and tested, um, which is my ebook basically, which will at least give you a taste and a flavor as to what trading is and, and how you can use it, how I've used it, how I've also invested in property stuff too. Um, and then from that point, if you're like, actually, yeah, this is something I'd like to explore a little bit more, then they can either get involved with my community, do my training, um, which is only um 500 pounds or so um, or have a conversation with me and, and we can talk about mentorship and coaching if they're really serious and want to like properly do this over 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 a period of time and when we're sort of going from complete trading newbie to actually making their very first live trade how kind of long a time frame is somebody looking at because a lot of people are kind of thinking oh my god i need to learn everything and i need to yeah. kind of do all my research and then i need to practice practice trade and then i can start live trading and that in someone's head might be like two three years yeah, uh, it's definitely not that long. I mean, the fact that I was able to master the skill enough to leave my job in seven months should give people a bit of a gauge. Now, yes, I did smash through it. Um, and the, the content I create, you can kind of go through at your own pace, but it covers everything you need to know from basics to foundations to some some more advanced stuff as well to actual strategies you can apply to the markets, how you can um, test and make sure that those strategies work. And then also broker information how to set up your broker all of that too so it literally is a one-stop shop for becoming a successful trader just step-by-step just step information just step-by-step step, yeah which is the best way to learn um and then in terms of time frame it's really up to you but i would say you should be trading live at least one strategy and you learn four or five on the course but at least one strategy between three months to six months um is is more than doable to be trading live yeah and i guess the good thing about trading over property to some extent is if you've got less liquid funds to get yourself going it can be a hindrance with property you might have to go and raise it because you can't just say what well, i've only got eight thousand pounds i'm just going to buy a house with this because it might not get you a house yeah. uh, but with trading i guess you can start with anything 
Pretty much anything, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't recommend starting with less than about £250 as an absolute minimum. Um, but yeah, you can start super small. And that is one of the things I love about trading. Um, the other thing I love about trading versus property and i am a big believer in property so don't hear me say hit feel like i'm saying i don't like property but also in property one of the things that frustrates me and has distressed me is having to rely on so many other people yes whereas with my trading it's just me it's just the market that's all i've got to worry about there's no estate agent letting agent sourcing agent refer person annoying tenant setting fire to my property or anything like that like <laughs> there's just giving you planning yeah, permission council yeah, not giving yeah. me planning permission like all all of that sort of stuff which comes with property because you've got to deal with other people um it's just me in the market my knowledge my skill set my decision um and that's i really like that do you feel it's almost a bit of a, a game then you're you're you're, you're you're in this game against the market and you're just trying to win and, and, and get more out of the market than you're giving to the market. Yeah, but I feel like that's life. I feel like that in property as well. Like I feel like I feel like finance and business and, and investment is all a game and we, we, we all just we all just want to win. And again, everyone can win. There's so much abundance, there's so much out there. We can all win. Um yeah, so I but I feel like it's I feel like the whole the whole investment life and business is a game really and I quite enjoy playing. <laughs> Yeah, here's, and and here's here's to winning the game, and and for for you know listeners yeah. wanting to started playing the game, then you know there's there's an abundance of of information out there. But if you're uneducated, it doesn't matter what you're going into. If you're uneducated, the chances of you winning at the game, I guess, are, are far more reduced because you don't know the rules. Yeah, yeah, it's all about getting the cheat codes, isn't it? If you think mm. of it that way, and the best way to get a cheat code is to go to someone who's already at a higher level and it can tell you how to get to the next step, to the next step, to the next step. Yeah. And that's that's what I consider coaching and mentoring to be. Perfect. Well, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, Lewis, how would they go about doing that? So I spend most of my life literally on Instagram. So you can you can hit me up there. So I daily lives. Daily lives, yeah. Um talk about my fear of spiders and the one I just killed in the kitchen, stuff like that, yeah. Um and various food pictures, also some trading stuff yeah. and property stuff. Um but yeah, so my my Instagram handle is uh, Lewis L E W I S underscore crompton which is c-r-o-m for mike p-t-o-n for november um or you can email me at lewis at star trading now.com um uh yeah those are probably the two best ways to get in contact with me website grab the ebook because i know lots of people are probably going to want to download that and have a read i read it while i had covid relatively recently and uh you know found it really inspirational motivational educational as well so would highly recommend that on lewis's behalf Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I can give people a link to that. But yeah. again, on my Instagram, actually, I've got a link tree so you can access it through there. Um, uh, yeah, you can access that through there, too. If you've got show notes, then we could be, maybe put the link to, to that in show uh, notes. Yeah, we, yeah, we will like have show notes. I was thinking show notes sounded really fancy. But yeah, I know what you mean now. Like, <laughs> the show. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah, well, we can we can pop that in there as well for the cool. listeners. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by today, Lewis, and telling people about your multifaceted uh, investment journey. Um, really interesting to, to, to hear all about it and to, to speak to you. And we're going for beers relatively soon. So yes, we are. Forward to seeing you in person. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, Thanks for having me. Thank you and happy birthday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Bye-bye.